Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And, t- you know, this week I've had a m- mental health week. And today is no exception. We're going to continue it today and into Monday. And then I think we'll wrap it up. But I'm very much looking forward to this hour with Janita Pace. She is going to be my guest. And she has her husband, Tim, with her today. And Janita is not only a follower and lover of God and his word, but she is a Christian counselor. She's a speaker and a writer. She's written a book uh, called The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. And she's got a very interesting depression story. And then all of a sudden, she's got uh, Tim, her husband, with her today, who will help share his side of her depression story. So it's going to be a very interesting hour. And if you have suffered from depression or you know someone who has, this is a show you're going to want to pass on. You're going to want to get the podcast and let them know about it. And you can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. You can always check it out there at the Afternoon with Bill show page. So, Janita, Tim, welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Bill. Well, it's always nice to have you back, Janita. I'm meeting Tim for the first time, so this is really nice. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. So, we're going to talk about a very difficult subject today uh, because mental health is a very challenging issue. And depression and the darkness you went through in your depression was really serious. Yeah, you know, we're we're 23 years now since the beginning of this story. So this has been a story in the making for a very long time. But um, for us, it started um, <laughs> right after we got married, but it wasn't because we got married. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we got married young and uh, we were in Bible college and Tim um, was a pastor, still is in the ministry. But at that point, he was uh, working at a church. And I, you know, my depression came on very sudden. And it involved just feeling uh, worthless, and I was having trouble getting out of bed. And I started avoiding people. I started um, secluding myself because I, the more I felt worthless, the more I avoided people, and the more I avoided people, the worse I felt. And I think for me, you know, I look back and I, I didn't realize it was depression. I didn't think Christians got depressed, and so I started to slip really, really fast. Yeah, you know, from from my side of things, life was so busy as an as a newlywed, as a as a pastor at a at a church that was a, a pretty new church plant, uh, and just trying to make ends meet while we were you know finishing up our actually our, our last year of Bible college. Like I, I was distracted by all kinds of stuff, and and not only that, but Janita was such a competent person, like the Janita that I knew, uh, all, you know, through college and 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 through the the first months of our marriage was it was just a person that. Uh, that I just saw as amazing, and so when when she started to to not want to come to to church, not want to come to events, to 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 sleep more and more, I was really kind of confused by that. I just I didn't I didn't understand it, and and then now in hindsight, I th- I think uh, I'm ashamed to say, like I, I I started to put pressure on her really to to come back uh, to come back to things. I, I felt I kind of felt like people were were looking at us as 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 leaders and and. And I was I was kind of embarrassed uh, about that, not uh, at her, not of her, but just of 
of the fact that I, I thought people were were wondering what was going on, and I and I was wondering what was going on. Well, it's yeah. a f- fair response, Tim. You know, but you're a pastor of a new church plant. You, you want to present and and model this lovely Christian couple that other people can look at and start connecting with, and and your wife's not joining you at all the services and all the events and activities. Yeah. And it was confusing for me because it just is not who, it's not the Janita that I knew. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time too, we were not talking about mental health in the church as much. And so the pressure to be the the pastor couple that was, you know, people that everyone could aspire to be like, and, and we were putting ourselves under that pressure. So unfortunately, you know, my, my depression just spiraled so fast that eventually I akin it to like, if you fall into a dark well and you break both your arms and you're at the bottom and you can't figure out how you're going to get out, but you don't want to ask other people to come and get you. And so I started to believe a really powerful lie that my family would be better without me because I was so far gone at that point. And I remember deciding that I would die by suicide. I would, I would, um, I would wait till he went to work on Wednesday night for church and I sort of prepared everything. And I know it just sounds so upside down, but at that point it made sense to me. Like I was doing something to relieve him of the burden of me. And so it's sad that I I got to that point. And I'll never forget that night. I, I, I left, I, I left to go to church. It was about a 22 mile drive and I was about halfway there. And, and I realized that I had left my pager at home. And Janita had been in the habit of paging me more, and now I, I kind of understand that more. But I, I, I just thought, you know, I, I got to go back for it. I know I'm going to be late, but I really need her to be able to reach me if she if she needs me. And I, I turn around and I, I open the front door to come into the house, and she's sitting on the sofa. the The pill bottle is is open in her hand. She's got the, you know, her water and she's, she's, she's taken these pills. I didn't have any idea how many she had taken. I could see the note on the table and that was when it clicked like this, what, what exactly was happening. And the the world stopped. I, I, I just said, Gee, we, we've got to go to the hospital. We've got to go now. And she's physically just fighting me. She didn't want to get in the car. Uh, she just wanted me to 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 let it happen. That she she was trying to convince me that this was the best thing. Like definitely, this is the best. And and I you know I wrestle her into the car, drive her to the hospital, and it was just such a surreal experience because I, I don't know of another time when usually when you take someone to the hospital they want to go, and she was the total opposite of that. And and then the fact that I couldn't go and sit with her, I couldn't, I couldn't get beyond the 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 front desk, and they took her from me, and the door locked behind them, and that was it. Hmm. It's just horrifying hearing that story. Yeah, and it's even even twenty three years later, still hard to hear. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, it's really raw. But you know, and and when you are. When you're in that place with depression, and like I said, it doesn't make any sense maybe to those who haven't experienced it, but it really, you are upside down in your mind and um, getting to the hospital and I, I just felt so lost and I felt so defeated and um, the nurses were so kind and um, getting admitted against my will, anyone who's been in a psychiatric hospital, it's scary, but um, they let me have my Bible and I was there for 10 days, and I remember reading the Bible every day. Psalm 121 was the psalm that I just hyper-focused on because it talked about God never leaving us. 
um, that even when I would sleep, God would be there. And I just read it and read it, read it. And one of the hardest parts was I couldn't be in communication with Tim very much. I got to see him once during those 10 days, um, talk on the phone a few times, but I was really isolated. And, and in that moment, I, you know, that time I just felt like I had to, the only thing I had was God. So reading Psalm 121 was kind of my beacon of hope. And, um, and so then 10 days later I, I was released. And to back up a little, a little bit for me, you know, I, uh, after dropping Janita at the hospital and then getting home, nothing had changed in in our house. There wasn't someone that came in and picked up behind us or anything. So, uh, you know, opening the door and reliving the moment because the, the pill bottle is still there. They're still scattered on the floor. Our, our dog is in the corner crying. And I uh, like I just remember getting into bed and with – you know, with with the dog and and my back hurts because of the the muscles that were pulled from from kind of wrestling Janita into the car, and the that realization that all of the vision that I had for the for the future, all of the uh, every kind of dream that that I thought that that we were going to experience together just was wiped clean, and uh, and really was replaced with with nothing. I had no idea what was going to come next. It was such a disorienting experience. Mm-hmm. Janita and Tim Pace are my guests. We're talking to Janita and Tim about their experience that Janita had with depression. And this is something that is still on the plate, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's not gone from your life or your resume, is it? <laughs> no. I, and I mean, one of the reasons that Tim and I like to, we feel so passionate about telling our story <clears throat> and coming alongside people and couples is we never dreamed at that time that walking through this together and learning how to navigate mental health together would become what we get passionate about and what we help others with. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, we both felt like the dreams of being leaders in the church and making an impact for the gospel, you know, was stolen from us. And at that point, what could we ever do now that I was in a hospital and, um, we were just trying to pick up the pieces of our life. And maybe everyone listening has been there where you think, where can we go from here? Where is the hope? And I think that was our place of feeling hopeless. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've really liked about how you discussed your depression is you treat it as a third person mm-hmm. in the relationship. Because it's, it's not Janita, it's the depression that affects her. So we can isolate that and make it a third person. And Tim, I think Janita has said to me before that you can ask her, how's Mr. Depression doing or how's Mrs. Depression or what, <laughs> whatever, this, this third person. It's not her. Yeah. It's something that affects her, which I like. Yeah. And it has a voice. It does but have this, a voice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that, that was a huge revelation as we went along is Tim has been so amazing about helping me remember who I am and that this depression is not me. Mm-hmm. And I think as someone who struggles, it's hard to, to get um, that straight in your mind where you start to wonder who you are after mm-hmm. a while. So Janita and Tim Pace are my guests. And if you are in the midst of an episode of struggling with depression or you've had it in the past, or you just need to know how to operate as a couple. And when we come back from the break, we're going to find out what couples can do and how we can best um, serve and love people suffering from depression. If you have a question or a comment, you can always send it over. The text line is open, 877-933-2484. 
Okay, here's something exciting. When you sponsor a child with the Ministry One Child, you are linked with a boy or a girl who will know you by name and treasure the thought that you care. Most of them will pray for you daily. And if you write them, they'll write you too. The child you sponsor will receive not only educational assistance, but supplemental food, clothing, healthcare services, and opportunities for personal love and encouragement, and most of all, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cost is just $39 a month. That's just a little more than a dollar a day. You can't necessarily change the entire world, but what if you can change the world for one person? Sponsor a child now at MyFaithRadio.com. My guests today are Janita and Tim Pace, and I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to get to advice and counsel for couples, but not quite yet. We want to hear more of the story and just like me to race ahead. So let's go back, uh, Janita and Tim, as we tell more of your story. Well, I got out of the hospital after 10 days and I got home and um, Psalm 121, what I read every day, and I didn't want to see anybody. I was so embarrassed. You know, I think anyone who gets out of the hospital, you just feel so much shame and confusion. Um, But I had a bunch of voicemails and one of them was from a professor, a college professor we both had at the time, uh, Steve Bradley. And he left a message and said, Hey, Janita, I've just been thinking about you. I heard what's going on. And I just felt like I need to read Psalm 121 to you on your voicemail. And I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, it was such a moment. I didn't know what was going to happen, but it was a, a note from God, you know, I'm still in it. And Steve had, um, he wanted me to meet his wife because she'd been through depression. I didn't want to meet anybody, Um, but he was insistent and her name was Pat. And Pat came and really mentored me and reached out to Tim too. Steve and and Pat were really showing us how to do this because it was like, you know, the new challenge in our marriage, trying to figure out how do we do this. And um, about a month after Pat started mentoring me, um, she passed away suddenly. Mm. And it just felt like a, felt like such a gut wrench. Um, but what was so incredible is the day she died, she mailed me a card that morning and it just said, God will use this. I got it in the mail the next day. Wow. Yeah. And gosh, you know, those moments where you just need something, you just need a sign. And so I didn't know what God was going to do, but we had that assurance that, okay, God, you know, I guess you're going to use this. Yeah. It was, it was an amazing moment for both of us because it was like, Pat was speaking from the dead to us, literally. It was it was pretty awesome. And for me, you know, Janita getting released was such a, a happy thing when she was released from the hospital. But at the same time, it was terrifying. It, it was very similar to the feeling of bringing our first uh, child home from the hospital. Like there's this precious person that you love with all your heart. You don't want to hurt them and you're afraid you don't know uh, how to take care of them. And mm-hmm. you really don't know. Like you're, you're learning on, on the go. And to have Pat and Steve in our in our life uh, was was amazing, and it and and it became even more amazing because I didn't realize how few people we were really going to have. I remember going back to the office at, at church and and talking to the to the pastor. I mean, we were a church plant; it was a small staff, and and just and so I'm talking to the lead pastor, and I'm 
and I just said, you know, could you come over and and pray with us? And and then, uh, you know, he he didn't right right away. I had to ask him a, a couple times, and then when he th- the day when he when he did, he he brought a couple of the elders with him. I was I was excited to have someone else come into our home to 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 really to to share the load with and to to understand more about what was happening. And he hadn't been there. Uh, they hadn't been there maybe. 10 minutes. And by the questions they were asking and the way that they were talking to us, it became really ap- apparent that that uh, they, they wanted to know what sin in our life had caused this depression to come upon us. And I was just shocked, blown away. I, I didn't expect that response. I, I And looking back now, I like I don't want to be too hard on them. Like I know that they were trying to do the best they could to uh, to help, and they didn't know how to deal with it with it either. Uh, but at the same time, that was uh, all I wanted to do. After I realized where the conversation was going, was to get them out. I was like, I, I I'm like, I just got Janita back. She's she's you know we're, we're we're fragile like we're we both are, and I couldn't get them out of our house quick enough. Yeah, yeah that sounds kind of spiritually abusive. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's that moment when you you realize that there's some people that are going to understand this and some people won't. Mm-hmm, that's I, so true. Yeah, and I think that's still true. I mean, um, but they, especially at that point. Yeah. They came over to help fix the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's identify what sin it is that's created this and then we'll pray about it. Yeah, and Pat was still with us at that point and she was so mad. And, you know, she she was such a, a godsend because she would come over instead of that message and tell me things like, um, Janita, you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps right now because you don't have bootstraps. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to let us help you. Or I would be too cloudy for medications to read. And so she would tell me Bible stories and she would bring the gospel in ways that I needed it. I just couldn't access it. And so, and she would come over and make sure I was getting out of bed. And so even the practical things, that's what we needed. We needed people to love us and to commit to helping us see the gospel when we were so broken. So it was quite a contrast to see what that looks like versus people who are coming um, without a message of hope. But it's not a mood thing that you need to be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not coming over to jolly you up. Yeah. Because that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming to help carry you. Yes, I'm coming to serve you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. help you get out of bed, help you get your teeth brushed. Yeah, and looking back to now we see that there wasn't enough, at least I I don't think there was enough support for Tim. I mean, I think people rush in to help the person who's struggling, which is important, but I think sometimes the caregiver um, has their own struggles. And I remember... Like Janita telling me, like, like I'm, I'm ashamed. Don't tell people. Like, it's, it's not safe to tell people. And I was really naive. I thought, of course we can tell people. Of course we can tell, like, our, you know, our, our closest friends at church or, or whatever. And uh, I really want to be able to do that. And so then, when we had that experience, uh, when, when the pastor came over, it, it was like it really reaffirmed uh, for Janita in a, in a. Not good way, really. Uh, just how true that was—that people aren't trustworthy, and and to, to so to try to find kind of a middle ground in in that and say like, no, it's not that all people aren't trustworthy, but we boy, you have to be careful and in choosing that 
a kind of team that that, that will come with you and help you to uh, really to help carry you along, to help to help hold you up, to be a real support and uh, uh, people that will point you back to Jesus and back to the gospel and, and uh, without the judgment. So, Janita, how did you come out of this initial episode where you'd just been recently married, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're in this debilitating depression. Debilitating is the right word, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How did you get out of that and find hope again? It was obviously medication, right? Well, well, a lot of pieces went into it. I started therapy, started medication. Um, we were living in South Carolina, and Tim got some counsel from someone who um, said, you know, you really should move Janita home where people know her. And that was such a sacrificial thing for him to do. He left the ministry. He moved me to Minnesota where I was from. Um, And then we had a safe community there. And I think that was a huge piece of the healing was we needed more people than just the two of us. We needed, we needed a lot of people. And, um, it always makes me think of the story of um, in the in the New Testament where there's a paralytic man and four friends lower him before Jesus, and it took four friends to do it. It's kind of that picture of Tim getting other people to lower me before Jesus because he just couldn't do it himself. And so I started therapy. Um, I was doing outpatient twice a week. I was taking medications. Um, it, you know, it was a really intensive process, a lot of work. But I started to see a lot of movement. And as I began to get better, I remember telling my therapist, as I was learning all these amazing skills that were really in line with scripture, saying, I think I want to be a therapist someday. This is so exciting. And he said, Janita, don't get too excited or ahead of yourself. Like, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think it's amazing how Jesus writes incredible stories. Um, And so, but, but there were still bad days. And and Tim was kind of writing those out with me. Yeah, and I, I'm sure, in fact, well, I know that everyone's experience with depression is different. But for for the two of us, it really would come in these waves. And and for the first couple of years, even after, you know, coming out of the hospital, even being in therapy, even, uh, you know, holding down a job again, there was still so much uncertainty. We we When we first moved... Uh, back to uh, to Minnesota, the central uh, United States. We stayed with Janita's parents for probably ten months, and then then we got a house, and and we thought, okay, th- things are getting better. But then one of those waves would come, and I I rem- I you know I w- I would come home from work, and there were there were other attempts for uh, a couple of years. I, I I came home from work one day, and and Janita was in the in her. Uh, in her car, the windows down, the motor running, the garage door was shut, and uh, and she's crying. And I open the door, and I can see the exhaust come mm. uh, rushing out. And and I just think, what if I would have been ten minutes later? And you, you start to get this feeling like I can't leave home, I can't I, I can't go do an errand, I can't go to the gym, I can't do these things because what if? You know, that's amazing. Tim and Janita Pacerum, I guess we're going to continue our discussion with them about depression. If you have a question or a, or a, something else you would like to ask them, let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back.
show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Welcome to the show. If you just join me, we're continuing our mental health week. And it's been a, a fascinating week, and we're going to continue it into Monday with Dr. Marcus Bachman. I look forward to that. But Janita Pace is here with me with her husband, Tim. And Janita is a counselor and a licensed therapist. You can learn more about her at Three Rivers Counseling. Uh, Janita is also an author. She's written a, a book called The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. And she has a pretty powerful depression story herself that we've been talking about today. So, uh, Tim, I think you've got a very valuable piece of advice that you got from your mother-in-law. You know, I did. I, I was at that place, like I was saying before, where where I just felt like I, I couldn't go anywhere uh, without just being scared of what would happen while I was away. And and it it was really paralyzing and isolating uh, to the extreme. And uh, Janita's mother, Teresa, I, who I just love, w- uh, had a really frank conversation with me one day that helped so much. And she just told me, she said, Tim, you, you can't be uh, Jesus for her. You, you like, like God is there when you're not there. He, he loves her more than you love her. And you can't, you're, you're finite. You can't, you, you can't do that. And I think if I had gotten that advice from anybody else, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have heard it or taken it the same mm-hmm. way, but because it was a person who I knew loved Janita, uh, as much as I did or, or close to it, maybe, or maybe more, I don't know, but because I know how much she cared about Janita, then I knew that I, it really was okay for me to, to not have to feel like Janita's life is in my hands and I have to be the one to save it. And that, that changed a, a lot of stuff for me because I was able to uh, to, to start to go out uh, with friends once in a while, to, 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 to go to the gym and, and really to become a healthier person myself and, and start to break up that isolation that, that I was really trapped in. Mm-hmm. Janita, does depression still maintain a studio apartment in your life? <laughs> you know, we as a couple take it on together. And I think that's one thing we've learned is that we do treat this like a third party. And I've been so grateful to have such an amazing partner. We talk about how this is a lot like dancing where both we both have to do it together. <clears throat> and it takes both of us to, to continually work at how are we going to take on this challenge. But I have to say as a couple, I think it's actually brought us closer because it's a you know, common enemy, if you want to look mm-hmm. at it that way. Um, but like Tim said, we, we've learned so many things along the way. I mean, learning that it's important for him to have a counselor too, and for him to have a resource and him to have friends he can talk to. And I think once the shame goes away from depression and people are um, able to have those safe people around them, it becomes more and more possible to live with it in a marriage. And I know, Tim, you've got some some good counsel and some good advice for couples who might be in this or for those who are hurting. Yeah. The, the first thing really is you, you're not Jesus, but you know him. And that second part is, is just as important as knowing that you're not him. And because we can bring, we can bring the people that we love to, to his feet. We can, we can constantly pray. And sometimes that's a really messy prayer. I, I have this really 
vivid memory, and it's happened more than once, of of being when one of those waves of depression would come over Janita that that she would start to to tell me about life from her perspective, and it was so dark that I couldn't see any light out of it. Like like I was I felt just as trapped in the dark as she was because she could paint that picture so. Well, and I remember just being in the fetal position in, in bed next to her and praying and saying, Jesus, I, I I can't. I can't see it. I can't see the light. I don't know how. I believe that you're real. I believe you have a plan for us. I believe you love us unconditionally. And yet I none of that feels real at the moment because I don't even know how to take the next step forward mm-hmm. and in those prayers. And and God answered those prayers in in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes it was a it was a phone call from a friend or a or a text message from a friend or a or a or a visit or, or whatever. But uh and 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 that answer didn't always come right away. And but there was always the the realization that that Jesus was there, but it certainly got uh and and still can get really messy. In, in those times. And th- that's why I think it's, you know, uh, really, really important to have a, a, a team of people that you, that you trust. And it might be a small team. In fact, I, I can guarantee it's going to be a really small team because it's hard to find those people that you can trust that are going to be there that, that, that can come over, you know, with when your dirty laundry quite literally is all over the floor or whatever. And, and that it's okay to let them in and, uh, to pray with you or, or cry with you or just, uh, you know, take you to McDonald's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, it, but you got to have that team of people that you trust. And, and then I think, uh, to go along with that, you have to model the, the, the kind of transparency that you want them to have with you and that, and that you want your, your spouse or your loved one or whoever it is that's dealing with depression to have, you have to model that yourself. And that's a, and, and that's a scary thing, but in, in taking those steps to be more transparent, uh, I, I think it gives, I think it gives your loved one courage to also be transparent and also to see that this person or this little group really is safe. Yeah. And I would say too, one thing we've learned is that we've trained people in our lives, how to help like people don't know. So like my mom is one of our greatest allies and we've told her what to do, like come over, you know, crawl in bed next to Janita, you know, just listen. So I think sometimes people are scared to join the team because they don't know what it looks like. And so if you are able to have those honest conversations where you walk people through what you need, I think it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And Tim, you said previously in the last couple of minutes that when Janita would have a, a bout of, I think you used the word bout or a wave of it, mm-hmm. um, that's not uh, the better part of an afternoon. That's no. a <laughs> period of how much time, Janita? I should ask you. It it, it can vary from, uh, you know, a day and a half to a month and a half. Okay. It really can. Yeah. And, and I think since we've gotten so comfortable about talking about it, I will ask Tim, how am I doing? Because I don't always even trust myself to be able to navigate and really look um, objectively at how I'm doing. Because sometimes I think as someone who has depression, I, I want to be in denial sometimes. I'm not that bad. you know. I'm just going to sleep a few more hours. I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. But trusting him when he mirrors back and says, you're not okay, actually. We need to go look at your meds. Or you know, trusting your partner to be a mirror to tell you, I see what's going on. You just have to trust that I know. 
And that has to go both ways. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Janine and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago. We had this really frank conversation. It was probably one of the biggest like epiphany moments of this journey for me when when I, I realized that that I I was kind of second guessing everything. Like if she would tell me that she she felt something or she needed something, I was like, well, is this you know is this Janita talking? Is this depression talking? Like who who is this and what what is this? And I and I didn't uh, you know I didn't want to to ignore it or not help. So like so what we what we came to is I just said you know uh, from now on no matter what it is I'm going to trust you exactly what you say. Uh, I'm going to take it at face value, and that is going to give you a lot of power because you can manipulate me. If if with that kind of power, you can you can you, you could do bad things with that. But I know you're not the kind of person that will do that, and I want you to know I'm going to just believe you from now on. And I think that that really solidified a a, a trust that that was like, okay, we really are dance partners in this, and we really are having to move together to go to go through it. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of power. But I think, like I said, we the constant communication and trusting each other as mirrors to see how I'm doing, what I need to do. And then he's a great protector. I mean, I think one of the roles of the person who's coming alongside is being protective against people that aren't safe, helping them navigate when they're vulnerable. And that doesn't mean that that person is going to always be unsafe necessarily, uh, but it definitely can mean that you're going to be surprised by some of the people that are unsafe and it might be family. It might be uh, longtime friends. And so you're not writing them off forever, but you just know that that's not the person you're going to invite over. That's not uh, that. So you, you have to have extra boundaries with, with those people that you wouldn't otherwise have, but you have to do it. It's like the Navy SEAL team, isn't it? I mean, you're going to have a select elite squadron of people that yes. are going to be, uh, led into this environment. Yes. And for anyone listening, I just want them to know if they don't remember anything else we say is that shame and, you know, shame and guilt does not, should not equal depression. I mean, depression is something that as a believer, I, I have a strong faith in Jesus. I love Jesus. The gospels in my life, having depression doesn't mean I have less faith. It doesn't mean that I'm less of a believer. And I think once I could come to terms with, I could be a believer and have depression once the shame is gone, it allows you to put together your elite team because you're not afraid to ask people. And if people don't understand it, then that's something they just haven't gotten to in their walk. Mm-hmm. You know, it frees you and gives you oxygen to be able to ask for help. Yeah, it's not seen as a weakness today as it might have been 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And, and like... Uh, I know we kind of already we already said this, but it really is important to to not just model transparency, but to model grace with with people. Because uh, uh, when you're <laughs> when you're walking with someone through through depression, you know they need a lot of grace, but we need a lot of grace. Yeah, like we're going to mess up a, a lot. We d- d- nobody gets training in this before it happens. You you you're you're thrown into it, and you're and you're trying to figure out your way through it. And so to be able to to quickly. Uh, forgive each other to quickly give each other the benefit of the doubt, and that goes with that trusted group of friends as well. It's it's really important. Because mm-hmm. Tim, you go from your bubbly, engaging, funny, joyous, happy wife into someone who's as flat as a pancake and hardly can respond to anything. Yeah, tell me you're not freaking out a little bit. 
definitely freaking out. Yeah. I mean, it's like, where did she go and how do I get her back? And, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then, and then if that wave lasts long enough, it's, it's hard to even remember who she was and, mm. and, to, and to help her to get back to that place. And that, that's why it was such good advice to, to move uh, back close to her family, to, to people who, who uh, also knew who she was or, and who she not just was, but, it, but mm-hmm. is, but just uh, isn't, but we can't see that person right now. Mm-hmm. I know, Jeanette, you do a lot of things. You're a counselor and, a, and an author, but you're also a presenter and a speaker. We're going to get an opportunity to have you uh, come to the Set Apart Conference. I don't know a lot about that. It's a women's <laughs> conference, but I think Rosie does. I do. I'm on the Set Apart Committee. So we were so thankful to have Janita be one of our featured speakers, along with Keith Stevens from KTIS and Ann Sorensen. And our keynotes are Nicole C. Mullen amazing singer-songwriter herself, and Lori Short, who, Bill, will be on your show uh, in early March. Mm -hmm. But if you are interested in Set Apart, you can go to the uh, setapartconference.com website and register today. There's also a virtual option because we know we're being heard literally across the world. So this is something, if you would like to attend, it's a women's conference um, designed to draw you into deeper relationship with God and anxiety and depression is so important that we understand that. Um, so I just thank you, Janita, for a being a featured speaker, but also for sharing so openly with us mm. today. Oh gosh, well I feel really honored to be able to be at Set Apart and learn from other women too. I, I think it's just such a um, gift now to be able to go through this experience and and have it be useful to someone else. Mm-hmm. That means a lot to us. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll come back lots more with Janita and Tim Pace as we talk about depression and the support that you need and the ways to combat that very difficult, challenging condition. All right. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com. Talking today to Janita and Tim Pace. Janita's got a story of depression. I think it started 23 years ago. Yeah, 23 years ago. It's still on the table, isn't it? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. it is very much so. And, mm-hmm. you know, for people listening that have depression, anxiety, um, any sort of mental illness, I think one of the things that's hard is to keep fighting, but it's so important. Like, you know, I used to dream about the day when I would no longer have depression. And it was actually really kind of a weird comfort when I realized, I think this is my battle. And um, instead of waiting for the day when it's over, kind of gearing up for the battle every day mm-hmm. and arming myself and getting ready. And so if you're struggling, keep fighting and fight for your family. I mean, they need you to um, to keep, you know, try new, try new therapy. There's so many amazing new therapy options. Um, keep trying to figure out your meds, keep going to your support groups. I mean, I think that it's on my shoulders too, to, to do my part. It can be so exhausting, so exhausting, Mm -hmm. but 
it's so important to keep fighting. Question came in from a listener. As a spouse of someone who struggles with mental illness, I've been told divorce is an option or an out. And how have you handled bad advice like the one I mentioned? I feel like the world will always offer easy answers. What would your advice be to struggling supporters? Tim, I'm looking at you. You know, I, I'm really glad that Jesus doesn't look at us that way. Yeah. And none of us are perfect, and we live in a very broken world. And, and sometimes it, when, when there's so much pressure on, our, our, our tendency is to want to relieve the pressure, like hit something that's the quick release valve and, and, and take, the, take the pressure off. But, you know, uh, walking away, I, I, I would just— I would just caution you that it's what 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 makes what would make that better to go. Uh, what's going to happen? That's going to be better. You're going to the the next person in your life is going to be broken as well in some other way. We're not going to experience uh, the garden again as believers until we in, until we get to heaven. So uh, it, the uh, the quick out it it might be a, a temporary out, but it's temporary. Yeah. yeah, and I think too to make sure that if you are a caregiver you have to be careful that you're not getting emotionally damaged by someone who is not, you know, working towards health. And so, I mean, my first thought is to make sure you have your own support as a caregiver and make sure you have your triage team. Um, I mean, I remember when, when I was really still in those bad waves and I would have thoughts of suicide, Tim would still need to go out with his friends. He would still need to do things in order to move towards health for himself, regardless of what I chose to do. And so having a triage team where he could have someone come over and check on me so he could keep moving forward with his life if I chose, you know, not to pursue health. And thankfully we found a way to work together, but his determination whether or not he could live a healthy life was not dependent on my choice for myself. Thank you for that. That's an important piece of this whole discussion is the support and how it should look and how we, um, the supporters need their own support. And I don't know if that is a commonly discussed piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I wish it was talked about more. Um, question came in, what are uh, other options to try for people with depression besides meds and therapy? Yeah, there's so many amazing different options now. Um, there's things called like neurofeedback is an opportunity where um, we're learning more in the psychology and counseling world about how the brain can actually work to heal itself. So neurotherapy um, combines, you know, it's amazing, especially when you meet a Christian therapist doing that kind of work. Um, you can also look at things like um, TMS is another strategy. There's different types of I don't know what TMS is. It's it's a technology too where they're doing more and more that is working towards using different um, psychological pieces to heal the brain. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like as things progress, there's so many exciting new opportunities. Fantastic. Yeah. Another one is EMDR, which mm -hmm. works with eye movements. And I do that in my office for some of my clients to work through some really dark um, trauma. And so I would encourage you if you're listening and you're struggling... Even if you just go online, Google new treatments. I mean, what's beautiful is the internet has a lot of resources. But mm -hmm. even if you go on to the local counseling agency site, start researching what they have to offer. There is just so many new ideas and it's just exciting. Mm -hmm. All right, Tim, let's talk about the gospel because it is good news. <laughs> it is good Preach news. Preach it, Pastor. You know, uh, my, 
Uh, Janita really loves Psalm 121, but I, but I, we joke about my, my favorite Psalm is Psalm 103. Stop taking calls. We have a winner. Because <laughs> I think that's my favorite too. Fine, fine. Yeah, two Don't against one favorite. right now, Janita. Sorry, you lose. And, I mean, it's amazing. It's it's the place where I go over and over and over again. It's where it's where we're reminded that our, our sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. It's it's the place where we're reminded that with with God, He doesn't hold our iniquities or our sins or our, our failures against us. Instead, there, it, it's like what He has for us is is steadfast love, and it's just uh, over and over. It's the place where I go when to for those people who who want to tell me that there's that that this bad thing or that bad thing is happening because of because of sin in, in my life I, I say you know those my sin my iniquity is not held against me thank you uh to Jesus because of that like G- Jesus is the one who 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 took away my sin who 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 when God looks at me he sees the righteousness of Christ uh, on me like a, a white robe and and that's the way that that he sees me and he, and and Jesus already paid the penalty for any sin that that uh, I have committed or even that I uh, that I have haven't committed yet because he he lives outside of time and so there's just it's the place where I go to 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 combat bad advice or or just uh, bad thinking mm-hmm. with the gospel and that's uh, you know we we've talked about that that core group of elite friends that 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 we have but the way one of the ways that you recognize those friends are if they're the kind of people that point you back to Jesus back to Jesus back to Jesus and you're hearing the gospel from them mm-hmm. and I love. Who uh, heals all your diseases? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a powerful piece of Psalm 103. We find that in verse three: "Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases?" Yeah, I think it's the word "all" that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a, a incredible journey that God has taken you on, and you have taken this uh, struggle, and you have been able to use it to His glory, which I know is. Something that's hard to hear in the middle of it when you're suffering, right? Yeah. God can use this story in a powerful way. You don't want to hear that when you're depressed. (laughs) Well, you know, and I I hope the listeners know that we're still in it. So the story is continuing to be written. And I would just encourage them, you know, you don't have to have a big bow on your story to tell it. Um, If you're struggling and you've been doing it alone, chances are there's others around you that are doing the same thing. And so beginning to be authentic and share, I think is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like the, another passage that I, that I read a lot is, is second Corinthians one and, and how we can help other people with the help that we've received from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that really is something that I think Janita and I feel is a, is a calling in our life that we've gotten so much amazing help from, from um, amazing people and, uh, to be able to to share that with others and and to to, to use it to hopefully uh, point them uh, back to Jesus because again we we can't be Jesus but we know Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I know we have stirred up a lot today yeah. because we talked about a very serious topic and there's people suffering and there's people that are supporting. So I'd love to pr- pray for them. Would one of you be willing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you I'd guys want to do rock paper scissors? <laughs> Well, you got to pick the psalm, so... Oh, okay, okay. You can go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm still praying, though, okay. in my head. Okay, good. Jesus, um, what an honor and a privilege to have this time to just talk about um, 
heartbreaking things. And God, I'm so grateful that each person listening was meant to be here with us and we have prayed for them. And so I pray for each listener, whether they are struggling, maybe they love someone who's struggling. Maybe they're in ministry or they're in a position where they know a lot of people who are struggling. God, you feel their pain. The Bible is clear that you are an emotional God who feels our pain and who loves us unconditionally. So I pray I pray for each person that they would find hope. Hope is such a key to this struggle and this battle that they would not they would not be alone. God, bring up a community around them. May they find hope and peace and strength in your powerful name, the God who really does heal all of our iniquities. And sometimes that healing doesn't look like we think it should look like, but strangely enough, it is always the healing that we need, Lord, in your name. Fantastic. And just a reminder, once again, the Set Apart Women's Conference uh, is March 3rd and 4th. And Janita will be on board for that. And if you want to go check that out, you can register at setapartconference.com. All right, Janita and Tim, thanks. Really great to have you here. And and I appreciate the story. It always takes, I would think, some level of courage to be so transparent about everything that's going on with your life and depression. And to know it's not eradicated, it's still renting a studio apartment, right? Yeah, if a pastor and a therapist are still working through it, it's yeah. probable that others are too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you once Thanks, again. Phil. And thank you for um, blessing us today with your story and your encouragement and your prayers. All right, we're going to take a little break. An hour two is ahead. You're going to love Jay Warner Wallace and who doesn't? So that's what's up next. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.